Welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. We're so glad that you took the time to listen to this message. You're listening to the third in our series, Asking for a Friend. We think that this is going to be something you want to hear. So whatever you're doing, wherever you are, enjoy. And then we're going to make some more noise. Come on, somebody. Hebrews chapter 10 says this. It says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. How many guys know God is faithful? Come on. And let us consider how we must, we may spur one another towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Come on, guys, let's clap our hands. Thank you so much, worship team. You guys can be seated. So happy you could be here this morning. Uh, if you're new here, my name's Harrison. I'm the pastor here, and uh, I just want you guys to know that we're just so happy you could be here. Uh, as a church, we're dedicated to doing whatever it takes for you to experience Jesus, and uh, we're just so glad you took time out of your day. Uh, it's cold. How many of you guys know it's cold? Don't have to explain that one too much. Uh, we're in the third part of our series, Asking for a Friend. Make some noise if you've been here for any parts of this series, caught up online. Man, what we're doing in this series is we're answering questions, uh, objections. People just ask about church. People ask about Christianity. The reason we call it asking for a friend is because some of these questions are like things that maybe you're thinking, but you don't necessarily know if you can ask it in church. Uh, In week one, we asked the question, why are Christians so judgmental? That was the question we asked. Like, why are you always judging me? Christians be the first one to judge me. That was was week one. Quoted the prophet Kanye. Um, Week two... Week two, we asked the question, um, isn't every religion correct? There's so many different religions. Like, how do we know which ones are right? And so I want to encourage you, uh, if you've missed any of them, hop online. They're on the podcast. Uh, We just think that they have life-changing power. And so if you have not heard them, uh, catch up. If you have heard them, I want to encourage you, share with a friend. Because I know there's people asking these questions. And uh, really, next week, we want you to come back. We're asking another tough question. uh, How can good people go to hell? And so this is something that, you know, people... Uh, question, how could God, you know, what's, what's the deal with hell? So uh, some of you guys are nervous just thinking about that week. So uh, come on, somebody. It's warmer here, warmer than here. Uh, that's next week. And so uh, this week, week three of our series, we're asking the question, why do I need church? Why do I need church? Uh, I just have a question for you guys as we kind of get started. Does anyone have things in their life that doesn't make sense? Like, they just, they just don't make sense to you? Like, one thing for me um, in my life is Costco. Like, I love Costco, you know, love buying in bulk and the deals and the $1.50 hot dogs and, and a drink. Like, what is, you want to talk about a good deal? Come on. That thing's a, that thing's a monster. Um, love all those things. Love buying in bulk. Like, we used to get yogurt there uh, and, and granola and, like, just all these things. And back in the day, we would go, like, once a month because just the two of us. Uh, but now we have twins, and uh, our twins, uh, they, they, they drink formula along with breast milk. And so um, we're there pretty much like once a week now because these guys just drink, and they're growing. And so love Costco, love buying in bulk, but I have a really big beef with Costco. And there's something that just does not make sense to me. I can't wrap my head around it. And it's this. I don't understand why when you go to Costco, you have to show your membership card when you walk in. I don't get it. Anyone else like that? Some people, okay, amazing. What a church we got here. 
I don't get, so this week I'm at Costco. It's minus 65, as you guys know. And so I'm there and like, it's so cold. You guys know it's so cold that you no longer care what you look like. I don't got stylish gloves on. Like I got like the big bulky things. I got a toque on, like four layers. Got to get the kids formula. And so I'm at Costco and I'm like, man, it's so cold. They'll turn a blind eye. They're not going to ask for my membership. I don't want to, you know, get undressed, all my stuff. Um, but I get there and I start walking and the lady gives me the eye. You know the Costco lady eye? Like the... And so I'm like, really? Um, the problem though with my wallet is that like my wallet, like, I like to keep it super thin and, and just like stylish and sleek so you can barely see it. So all of my cards are like tightly packed in there. Like it's as tight as you can possibly get. And so my cards are arranged by how often I use them. And generally speaking, like I got my Visa and debit card, MasterCard. And so my Costco membership is at the very back. And it's just hard to get out. And so I hate getting it out. And I don't get why I have to show my Costco card. And so when I got there, minus 40, I said to myself, you know what? I'm just going to show her my wallet. She can, see, she can see the blue and red tinge, and she'll let me in. Come on, it's cold. I show her that. She shakes her head. She's like, I can't see it. I'm like, you can't see it? <laughs> I was like, even when you can't see it, it's working. Come on. But I'm like, you can't. And so she's like, take it out. And so I have to take this stupid thing out, and it takes so long. I take my gloves off. I just don't get it. You want to know why I don't get it? Because when you go and buy your groceries, you have to show it again. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. You, and so on the odd occasion, someone snuck into Costco. Don't know what kind of life you live or you're sneaking into Costco. If you want to buy something, you have to have a card. And so I've heard the objection before. Well, we don't want people stealing samples. Let me, ask, <laughs> let me ask you guys a question. What do you think's more expensive, a couple pieces of cheese or hiring someone eight hours a day to watch the door? Which one costs you more money? I don't get it. Anyone have anything in their life they don't get? Like you just can't wrap your head around it. It doesn't make sense. The question we're asking this morning is why do I need church? Now, for a lot of people, and maybe it's because I'm a pastor, I'm engaged in these conversations, but I talk to so many people, and they're like, man, I don't get church. Like, why do I need it? Because, like, I can pray anywhere. I can sing. Like, I can do all that jazz you church people do. I can do it somewhere else. And, and I've had conversations, and I've talked to people, and they're like, man, I just don't get it. What's the point? Have you guys ever been in a conversation like that? You're trying to explain church to someone? They're like, I don't get it. And I have a feeling there are people sitting here this morning. Maybe you dragged yourself here. Maybe someone brought you here, but you're in the same boat. They're like, I don't get it. What's the, what's the point? Why do I need church? It's interesting because statistics tell us in Canada, North America specifically, uh, there's tons and tons of more people that are putting themselves in this boat of like, I don't get church. I don't think church has a point. Now, generally speaking, in churches, uh, the split is 60-40. 60% female, 40% male. It's, it's very general, but a lot of churches kind of, you see that. And so what that's telling us is a lot of men specifically are like, man, I don't see the point of church. Now I'll give you one thing. If the ratio is 60-40, single guys, come on somebody, let's do some math. <laughs> Y'all on Tinder? How about this one? Taking notes? Forget Bumble, come study the Bible. 60-40. All right, let's pray and get out of here. <laughs> 
But that's, that's the essence of church, right? It's like, I don't, I don't get it. And, and I, I'm engaged in these conversations. And one thing I hear over and over again, well, it's like, guess what? Everything you guys do in church, I can do at home. I can watch a message online. I'll find someone more charismatic than some dude in St. Albert. I'll, find, I'll go type on Hillsong on Spotify, Elevation. I'll listen to the beats. Like, I don't need to go to a place. I, I don't need a church building, especially, I don't know if you check the weather. It's minus 24. That might be warm. I think it's colder than that. Like, why do I need church? And so that's the question that we're asking today. Now, for so many people, maybe you've been with us in this series. Maybe you're looking forward to next week, and you're like, well, this question kind of seems light compared to some of the stuff that we've been going through. But the reason that I wanted to ask this question, the reason I think it's so necessary, is because here's a spoiler alert. Do we need church? Yes. Sorry if you guys were, like, sitting on the edge of your seat. If we don't need church, I'm out of a job. Come on, somebody. But I think that church is the necessity and the lifeline of a believer. And what I believe to be true is this. This question is so important, not so much even for people that are outside of church, people that have never stepped foot into church. I think this question is more apt for people who come to church week after week and they're like, I don't even know why I'm here. I'm just showing up. So that's the question I want to ask. Why do I need church? You see, the problem I think that so many people have with church is that they have a picture of church that is different than the reality. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? You see, I think the reality of church, and we're going to kind of dig into it, I think it's beautiful. I think it's amazing. We're going to see the church is the hope of the world. But I think for a lot of people, they have this picture that is different than the reality. And so for some people, when they think church, they think a picture. And that picture may or may not be true. Have you guys ever been on Facebook Marketplace or Kijiji, and someone posted something and the picture is absolute garbage? You know what you do? next because it doesn't really matter what the reality is if the picture isn't good it's like I don't even want to give myself into that and so for church people have this picture but I want us to dig into the reality and so before we get into anything why do I need church we must first understand what church is you guys ready for this all right let's go to Colossians chapter 1 It says this, this is Paul speaking about Jesus. He says, Jesus, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. So here's the very essence of what we learn in this passage. Number one, when it comes to church, a church is kind of like a human being. That's what it's letting us know. And it's saying that Jesus is the head of the body, the body which is the church. Well, who is the body? The body is every single believer that professes Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That's what the church is. And so very simple, church is people. Everyone following? Church is people. Christ is the head. In the Bible, in the New Testament, every single time uh, that they use the word church, it is the Greek word ecclesia. And what it means is a called out company or assembly of people. Literally, it's called people, chosen people that come together. That's church in its simplest nutshell. And so I'm meeting people over and over again. Maybe you're like this. You guys have met people. It's like, man, I love God. I love Jesus. I just don't love church. You guys ever experienced that? You guys ever felt like that? It's like, I love God. I love the Lord. I don't really like, I don't like church. But I want us to understand something because what Colossians is letting us know is that if Jesus is the head of the church, there is no reality, there is no picture of Jesus that is disconnected from the church. Jesus is the church. It's his body. You want to know how he feels about the church? Look at this. Ephesians chapter 5 says this. It says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the, what's the word? And gave himself up for her. This is such an apt metaphor. 
Because he's trying to get us to think of love, like the deepest love. Husbands, love your wives. How many of you guys know I love my wife? Come on, somebody. I remember when we first started dating, I would ask her questions and like, just trying to show like, my love, my loyalty to her. I'd be like, Chris, like, at what point like, would you allow me to get violent in the name of protecting you? Like, <laughs> come on, any other guys ask that question? <laughs> I'm like, Chris, like, at what point like, would it be okay if I just, like, you know, just, like, what would it take? Like, because I wanted her to know, like, how much I cared about her, right? But here's the reality, and that was, like, when we first started dating, and, and we're married, we got kids. The reality is this. I love her so much. My love is so deep, I would die for her without a question. It wouldn't be a thought. I would not have to think about it. Like, there's no choice. It's like, I, this is what I feel about her. I would die for her. It's an unending love. This is what Jesus says. This is what Paul says that Jesus feels about the church. So maybe you're not married, but think about that person. Think about that thing in your life that you love more than anything else. That's how Jesus feels about the church. And so we have this generation of people that say, I love God, I love Jesus, I just don't love church. But what I want us to see is that the Bible, the New Testament, does not give us that reality. Jesus loves the church, and he gave himself up for her. This is what he thought of church. So as we get going, I'm going to tell us why God loves the church so much. But I need us to put this in mind. We know how God feels about the church. We know what the church is. Here's a definition. Church is not a place I go to or an event I attend. We need to change that mindset. Because listen, if church is a place that you go to or an event that you attend, if it's a speaker and if it's music, if that is your picture of church, guess what? You can find that online. Church is not a place I attend or a place that I go or an event that I attend. Church is a group of called people that meet together under the banner and the name of Jesus Christ and his gospel. If you're taking notes, write that one down. So what that means, as we move forward, we need to understand church is not a place. Church is a people. We say that all the time. And so what that means is this. I think that the church is the hope of the world. I think that Jesus uses the church to reach lost people. It's the plan for salvation. But realistically... Answering this question, why do I need church? I could stop right there. I could be like, man, because Jesus says so. And he loves it so much. That's really enough. My job. But I think that God is not arbitrary in any way. And God gives us even more, more reasons. And so this morning, as we go going, I want to give us three reasons um, why I believe that we do need church. Three things that we cannot get anywhere else except for church. So if you're note-taking people, write this down. If you're not a note-taking people, write this down. Three things, three reasons, three things that you can get at church that you can't get anywhere else. Number one is this, purpose. Purpose. First Peter chapter 2 says this. It says, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy mercy. Listen to this. What's the purpose? Paul puts it very simply. Peter puts it very simply, I should say. The primary purpose of church is for us to proclaim the name of Jesus. That's why we exist. That's our purpose. And so let me tell you guys, this might offend you. I hope it does. If you do not live a life where you are continually and constantly proclaiming the name of Jesus, telling people about what God has done in my life, telling people, man, you wouldn't believe what my life looked like before God, if that's not in your life, you're living without purpose. Some of us are like, no, 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 I'm a small business owner. I have the purpose, the main purpose of our lives is to proclaim the name of Jesus. 
And so when we come together as a body, here's the beauty. And you're like, Harrison, well, what does the body do? When we come together as a people, we can help push each other farther than we ever imagined. Here's the reality, because some of us are saying, man, like, I know I have purpose outside of the church, but I'm not really sure my purpose inside the church. The beauty of belonging, listen to this, belonging to a group, not coming, belonging to a group of believers is that together we can help push each other into purpose. Because there's people in this room, people in this place that know what is in you and see things that you can't see yourself. Listen, I, I'm, I'm team iPhone in case you guys couldn't tell by the slides. Like I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> don't you boo me. Where are my iPhone people at? Anyone? Come on, somebody. But I, I realized with my iPhone, like it has this like great potential and this great capacity. But the reality of it is like, I really only know like a very bare minimum of what it can actually do. And like, I don't really dig deeper. But it's funny because like compared to Christy, my wife, like I'm like an expert. Like last week and um, I was showing her um, that on your iPhone, you can do screen records. Have you guys done this before? Where you can actually record your screen. And when I showed her, like she was like, her mind was blown. She's like, oh my gosh, that was so cool. And so for a moment, like I felt like I was Steve Jobs. Like <laughs> all I needed was like a black turtleneck and to be on the stage because I just like, I'm like, well, actually you slide down, press, screen grab and she's like wow that's amazing but the reality is like and I showed her because I actually could help her learn things to see things that she couldn't see herself but here's the reality in the same way I have people in my life when it comes to the iPhone they know more than me my little cousins like, come on like these guys just, that's like their life they're born they know things I don't know Kyle he's around here somewhere like he's a program developer he knows things that I don't know and so they help push me further and give me more knowledge. Listen to what I'm saying. This is the same thing in church. This is why you need to be a part of a body of believers because we can help push each other further than we could have gone by ourselves. Push us into purpose. We as a church have purpose. You see, so many of us, we reserve purpose for pastors and worshipers. Like, you know what? Just the pastor has a purpose. The pastor has a job. Alicia has a job. Annabelle has a job. Everyone else has a Every single one of us has purpose, and we as a body of believers need to push each other to purpose. That's why we come together. Look what Proverbs 27 says. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. We're, we're, a, we're a church, and we sharpen each other. We help take each other to the next level. One thing that people asked me when we started this church, they said, Harrison, is this church going to be a young person church? And I said, no. I said... <laughs> I said, we're going to be a multi-generation church, a multi-ethnic church. Because get this, like I love young people, but there is things that I need to learn from someone older than me. I love Raymond. He's here. He's the oldest member of our church. Come on. Early 90s. He has things that I can't, I can't even begin to imagine. But listen to this. For us, you may be in your 40s, in your 50s. There's someone in this church that's 16 that can help you learn a thing or two. Right? As iron sharpens iron. That's the purpose. And understand this. You cannot get this purpose anywhere else. It's only in the church. Some of you guys are like, hold on. I'm part of a mommy's group. I'm on a cat's Facebook page. Understand? <laughs> Anyone part of that? Listen, there's something that the Bible tells us, and we're going to go into it in just a second. There is something that we can only get within a body of believers because it's a spiritual gift. It's giftness. Can I tell you guys this? I believe that God has given me the gift of teaching. It's one of my spiritual gifts. 
Come to week three, girl check after service. We're talking spiritual gifts. But for me, had I not had someone, a part of a church, that told me that I had something in me, that saw what I could not see, I'm not sure I would be here. When I started out in ministry, I, I had a thought, and I was like, man, I don't think I'm ever going to be a preacher. I don't know what I'll do, but like, I'm gonna, I'll, do, I'll find something. But I love speaking. I love preaching. I love teaching. God's gifted me in it. Right? But I needed someone who could see further than what I could see to say, this is what you have in you. And, and I love our team because we have so many people on our team that help push each other into purpose. And you can talk to people on our team and they'll be like, man, like, I didn't even know like, that I had this thing in me. But I went through growth track, I joined the team, and now I'm living in purpose. Can I tell you guys something? The, the, the metaphor that the, that the Bible uses is that we are the body of Christ. Anyone that professes to be a believer is part of the body. You know what that means if you're not functioning? Can I tell you what it means? It means we're missing something. You know what Kingdom Church is missing right now? It's you. I love, you know, I love you guys that come and, and you sit and I love it. Don't stop because I work hard in these messages. I don't want to preach to empty chairs. But more than that, I want you to be in purpose. I want you to see what God can do through you. And I know that we have people on our team that can help take you further. They can show you and help you see what you cannot see. So the first thing that we get in church is purpose. And I want you to write this down and declare it over your lives. I am the missing piece. I'm the missing piece. I'm what you guys have been looking for. I'm what God's been looking for. So the first thing is purpose. Number two is this, community. What's the purpose of church? Community. Uh, just some, some, some facts. Um, Canadians living alone in the last 35 years, Canadians live by themselves, the number in the last 35 years has doubled. In our population, rough estimate, it says 30% of people live by themselves. Now, nothing wrong with living by yourself. I'm not saying you're, you're bad or you're weird. But what this can very easily become is loneliness, right? And, and, and there's no distinct, distinct statistic to tell you what percentage of Canadians are lonely. But I think the reality is that more people are lonely than ever. Medical, uh, just, um, what's the word? Uh, research, I should say, um, is showing us that loneliness is actually detrimental to your health. I read one study, it said being lonely, extreme loneliness, is the equivalent of smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Just the effect it can have on your body. The church, why do we exist? For community. Now again, you guys are like, man, I got mummy groups and all those things, and I play hockey and whatever, and, and that's fantastic. But literally there is something that being part of a body of believers can do that those other groups cannot do. And they fulfill a need in your life that you can't find anywhere else. Look what Hebrews 10 says. This is the verse we read at the start. It says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see your day approaching. You see, a question I get a lot from people, they ask me, they say, can you be a Christian and not go to church? And the answer is yes. You can be a Christian and not go to church. But can I give you the full answer? Yes, but not forever. Yes, but not forever. Look what he says. He says, let us hold unswervingly. Think of that picture in your head, unswervingly. You see, the, the, as us as people, we have a tendency to begin to swerve, right? When life gets hard, we begin to, to crumble, and so that's why in the next sentence, he says, let us not give up the habit of meeting together, as some have been doing. 
Because some of us, like, man, I've been so hurt by people. But, but we need those people. Let us not stop. The purpose of church is community because we need people that can help us lift us up. Man, I remember a few, a few years ago uh, working out with my brother, and we got there different times, um, and so we were both doing our own thing. But from a distance, I could see him, and he was doing inclined bench press, uh, just <laughs> free weights. You guys know what that is? Like free weights and, and the bench press. And so, you know, we work out together in the past sometimes, but like we were both doing our own thing, and so I just saw in a distance like a mirage, and uh, he's lifting these weights, and like I can see like his head is beginning to shake, and I'm like, is he, like, is, like, like, he going to explode? Um, and what happens is like he drops, the, he drops one weight, and thankfully they're free weights, right? So I'm like, okay, whatever, it's over, a little bit embarrassing. That must be the end of it, but what happened was like the weight... He had one, like, just lost all the weight. And so now all of his weight shifted to the other side. And he literally fell off the bench onto the ground. Now, anyone that works out, if you guys go to the gym, you guys know your biggest fear is to embarrass yourself, right? Like, there's no bigger fear at the gym than embarrassing yourself. And he embarrassed himself. <laughs> Hilarious. He's got more stories, too, because he just tries to push it. But one thing... <laughs> One thing I've realized about the gym, and the reason I don't actually, um, I've never really embarrassed myself. Come on, somebody. <laughs> but one of the reasons that, <laughs> okay, didn't think I was casting out demons this morning. I don't know where that voice came from. <laughs> but listen, one of the reasons that I don't get hurt is because I work out alone a lot. And what I've realized when I'm by myself is that I have a tendency not to push myself. I have a tendency not to go as deep, not, not, to, not to train as hard. I don't have as great a stamina when I'm by myself. And so I don't grow like I do when I'm with someone. Do you guys see where I'm going? And so the answer to the question, can I be a Christian and not go to church? Yes, but not forever. Because at some point, you're going to need to be surrounded by a body of believers that will help take you deeper. That will help take you places you couldn't be by yourself. Can I tell you guys something? We live in a world that spews crap. Do you guys know that? I love this church because I can say crap. There's just, so, there's just so much stuff in life. People throwing at you. The church is this. Christians are that. Well, do you really believe that? You can't believe that in 2020. Can I tell you what happens when you're a Christian by yourself? You begin to shake. You begin to waver. College students, man. So many people lose their faith because what happens is they go in their eyes wide open. I love Jesus, but I'm by myself. And so when life gets hard, they just begin to, to shake. In our workplaces, same thing. Man, we just begin to shake. And so God says we need community. We need people that can help us take deeper than we could go by ourselves. And so some of you guys are saying, well, Harrison, you know what? I've been to churches before, and I've never found community. Two things, and again, I love offending people. If you come to Kingdom Church, I can't speak anywhere else. If you come to our church, you have no excuse not to find community. I'll give you three ways right now. Number one, come to Growth Track. You're like, what's Growth Track? Growth Track happens right after service. It's week three. We want to help you find your purpose. If you come to there, guess what? You will meet me and Andrell. We'll be your friends. Starts there. That's number one. Number two, Kingdom Cruise. We're starting next weekend. So number one, if you want to start a crew, talk to me. But for those of us who are, who are leading crews, you need to be in a kingdom crew because you need community. You need people that you can do life together, that you can walk with when things get hard, when life is full of those ups and downs. You need believers that can take you higher. 
Number three, third way, don't fall through the cracks. Anyone wearing a, well, a white t-shirt, a welcome home t-shirt, says Kingdom Church on some of them, go talk to them. They will talk to you, I promise you that. If not, they're fired. <laughs> Love y'all, I don't pay you. Um, those are three ways right there. Because we don't want anyone falling through the cracks. And we do everything in our power because we know people where it's like they get to church and then it's like beeline to the door. And so we do anything in our power to try and make sure that someone will talk to you. But listen, at some point, you have to take responsibility for your faith and say, you know what? I've done, I've attended, I've done the whole thing and it hasn't got me anywhere. It's time for me to plug into community. It's time for me to see what God's doing in St. Albert. I want to be used. I have a purpose. I need people to take me further. Can I tell you something? I love church community. I'm going to just be honest. When our twins were born, I don't think I prayed. I'm a pastor. I'm here to confess. Life was super busy for like at least a month. Like I prayed like once. I read my Bible strictly for sermon prep. And you talk to any pastor, that's like the worst combination of life. But you want to know how I made it through? Number one is our church. Because I know we have people here praying for me. It's our larger church. We have church elders, Pastor Brett, Pastor Ryan. They're praying for me. But the beauty of church, because listen, we're talking about what is church. Church does not just stop in these four walls. It doesn't just stop in our city. It's so weird, man. There's this pastor. I'm not even sure if I met him. I think I met him. But literally when our twins were born, he DM'd me on Instagram. And he's like, hey, man, I'm praying for you. And then after that, he's like, can I have your number? And I'm not telling you a word of a lie. But that first month our babies were born, this guy was texting me every single day. It's like, I'm praying for you. He would literally do voice memos, out loud prayers, and send them to me. You guys wonder how I made it through that time when I couldn't get there myself? It was community. Right? It's, it's the larger church, and the beauty of the kingdom of God is God is not restricted by denominations. God is not restricted by locations, by places. The church, come on, somebody, is a body of believers that meet together. I'm going to spend just a second on this because I think that a lot of people were thinking it last week. We talked about religions. And afterwards, everyone is like, how come you didn't talk about different churches? And I was like, well, technically, they're Christians. But I want to answer this, because a lot of people are like, man, I don't come to church because there's so many different churches, and they're all against each other, and they work against each other, and I just don't like that disunity. Number one, let me tell you something. I believe, man, in Canada, something's shifting. I think we're seeing unity like never before. We're seeing the capital C church. It's not about kingdom church. It's about God's kingdom. Come on. But look at this. I'll... Some of you guys are like, no, we have to be different. <laughs> Let's go to Mark chapter 9. <laughs> this is a funny story. Teacher, said John, and I love how Mark calls out John by name. Like sometimes the Bible will say, a disciple said, but Mark's like, no, this was John. <laughs> Don't be mistaken. He says, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we told him to stop because he was not one of us. He wasn't part of the 12. He wasn't part of our exclusive club. <laughs> what, should, like, what should we do? So I told him to stop. Jesus says this, do not stop him. For no one who does a miracle in my name can the next moment say anything bad about me. For whoever is not against us is for us. Clap your hands. Now, I'll explain something briefly just for time. I hope you guys understand it. If you're asking why are there so many different churches, different denominations, generally speaking, the reason there are different churches is because they have a different belief over something theologically speaking. And generally speaking, there are superficial things. Superficial things. And I'll explain it in a second. In the sense of like spiritual giftedness, end times, how, what we believe on that. 
But the general principle, because you're asking myself, what about church? What's included in the capital C church? Any church that believes in the fundamentals of who Jesus Christ was, his character, his person, his divinity, all of those good things, salvation by faith, all of those are part of the same family. I hope that makes sense. We can come talk after if you're like, I'm confused. Because I always thought that some are right, some are wrong. No. If they're not against us, they're for us. Are there churches that are dead wrong and things like that? Yes, come talk to me after. I'll explain it. But I'll tell you this, for the, major, the large majority of churches, the churches that you're thinking of, we're on the same team. Understand it, believe it in your spirit. I love, man, I love where our church is going. Our church, Kingdom Church, we're a non-denominational church, but we're part of the Engage Network, which is another non-denominational church. But Engage Network just became bigger, and they're part of West End Christian Assembly. They're a Pentecostal church. We're all in the same network of churches. Do we have some superficial differences? Probably. Do we care? No. Because our fundamentals about who Jesus is are the same. And so we're on the same team. I had the privilege, man, I love Pastor Brett. Christy's here this morning, all part of the same team. I got to go to their staff meeting. We worship together because we're one team, we're one church. Different places, all of us. We need community. You need to get plugged in. This is what I'm saying. Hold on. And This week, I, went to, I was in the South End. I got more to say, so I'm kind of rushing. Worship team, um, you can give me vibes. Do you guys want to sing one more song? I'm going to give you guys the option. For sure, yeah. You guys, okay. <laughs> Two people. I was downtown, uh, I was in the South End this week, and I met a girl, and uh, I was in the South End because I was meeting with my church planting friend, his name is Pastor Lauren, Discovery Church, we're just meeting and hanging out, and I met a girl, and uh, we got to talking, and she's like, yeah, like, I haven't been going to church for a while, um, but, like, I really want to go to church, and she's like, tell me about your church, and I'm like, man, our church is awesome, we're this, we're that, we're that, but we're in St. Albert, and you live in South Edmonton. I was like, guess what? I was like, I will tell you right now, three amazing churches in South Edmonton that I know that you can go to. This guy I was with, Pastor Lauren, Discovery Church. Check it out. Another guy, Jono from Evolve Church, he was also there. I was like, man, check out Evolve Church. Right? Hope City, whatever you want. Because guess what? We are moving forward the kingdom. We're trying to introduce people to Jesus. If they're not against us, they're for us. And so I don't care where you go. Listen to this. People in this church, if you came from far away, I still want you to come back. I want you to get plugged in somewhere. Because you need community and you can't do this by yourself. You can get to a point, but eventually you're going to begin to waver. And I'm telling you all of these stories because I believe the beauty that we're seeing in Canada, in Edmonton, is unity. And the very last thing Jesus prayed, he said, God, please help them to be one. That's what I want. Community, last thing is this. Acts chapter 2. It says, they worshiped together the temple each day met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared meals with great joy and generosity, all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Here's the last thing the church offers. Hope. It's hope. It's hope. Now, if you're a believer and you're here this morning, what I'm about to say may sound counterintuitive, but I want you to understand the church does not exist primarily for those who believe in Jesus. The church exists for those who are not yet here. Kingdom Church stands for those who are not yet here because we are a beacon of hope. Acts chapter 2 tells us when the people met together as a church, when the people met together and broke bread, it said every single day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Listen to this. All of us sitting in this room, you have people that need to experience Jesus. You have people far from God in your family, whatever it may be. We exist for hope. The 
reason you need church, because when you come to Kingdom Church, we're going to fill you with hope. We're going to fill you right up with hope. And the hope comes from Jesus Christ crucified. It comes from the fact that the tomb is not empty, but we serve a resurrected King. And there is hope and there is healing in His name. There's hope that can only be found in Jesus. And Jesus loves the church, and the church is His instrument to reach people. That's why we exist. If anyone says, why do you go to church? I'm here to reach lost people. They need me. They need me to reach lost people. They can't do it without me. Come on, let's just stand for a moment. Jesus died for the church, but Jesus died for every single one of us. Every single person that calls on his name, there is salvation found in his name. As a church, we said that we exist for hope. And so what that means is every single week, we give people the opportunity and the option to claim that hope that is found in Jesus. And so we want to give you the the opportunity to just say, I want to give my life to Jesus. If that's you this morning, you're just sitting here, maybe you've never made that choice. You've never made the personal decision to follow Jesus. I want to encourage you, it is the best choice that you will ever make. There's nothing better. There's no other place you're going to find fulfillment and healing. If you want to give your life to Jesus, it's a process, but the first step is so easy. All you have to do is say yes. So every head is bowed, every eye is closed. If you've never made this choice, I'm just going to count to three. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and what you're doing. You're saying, Harrison, count me in that prayer. I want to give my life to Jesus. Every single person that's made that decision before is praying right now. We're praying for you. Speaking to our hearts. When I count to three, in one, two, three, just show me your hand. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to that message. We hope that you are encouraged and inspired. If you want more information, if you'd like to visit us in person, head over to our website, kingdomchurch.ca, and plan your visit today. We can't wait to meet you. Until next time, take care.